Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Let's just kick it into high gear. Welcome to Quality Time. We are Jeremy Less right now. I'm your regular host uh, of every episode uh, because there's only one that I'm not on. So uh, welcome. I like to introduce uh, the hostess with the most test uh, and the car less, Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm I'm alive. <laughs> so Ashley, you your car has gone completely kaput. Yeah, so I blew the transmission in the smart car over the weekend um, while I was at a show, which I love that this has to happen. Not when I'm like 10 minutes from my house, not 20 minutes from my house, but when I am in Silver Spring, Maryland, which is about an hour and a half uh, from where I live. Um really fun stuff uh so thankfully i'm able to get it into a parking garage when it starts to die on me go do my show keep it together do my show that i get paid 40 dollars for because that was worth it um but glad but glad eric can afford an arcade system um so um so i get through my show i get back to my car call my parents and they're like sucks to be you and i'm like that's about accurate uh so then i i call the, the tow company from AAA. while there i'm waiting for them to come i finally start crying and i go oh i need to tell the security guards here in the building so they know like a tow truck is coming so my mascara is running down my face i am weeping and i go to tell them and I'm knocking on a thing, and they, over the speaker, they go, ma'am, please back up six feet. We are closed. We will not help you. And I'm like, I just want to tell you a tow truck's coming. They're like, we don't care. I was like, okay. <laughs> so then I go sit on the curb. <laughs> so wait, you're... the guy is super yeah this is so is he just socially distancing or he's just like get the fuck away what <laughs> explain this to in. me the door's locked i'm like hey i want to tell you even through the door like there's a car coming and they go we don't care we're closed leave like okay great shut up um, and sleep on so the I street with the rest of the bums you hag <laughs> pretty much actually i haven't told anybody this as i'm walking to my car already knowing it's dead a group of men yell at me and they're like hey baby and i turned around and i screamed get fucked and then i walked away because i didn't care if i was gonna get stabbed did not care <laughs> um so I'm sitting on the curb waiting for the truck driver, which he's super fast, which is great. That like never happens. Usually I'm there till like two in the morning waiting for someone to get me super fast. And it's great. 
we're already on the way. I am maybe, maybe 15, 20 minutes into this ride in the tow truck with the driver. And I hear him like talking. And, and by the way, he has an accent. I think he's from Africa. And Ooh. I'm not sure. I'm assuming he's talking to me. So I look over to like respond to him. And then I look over and I go, oh, oh my God, he is watching pornography while driving. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Well, the, you know, truck drivers, um, truck drivers got to stay alert. So he's, he's likes to horny drive apparently. Um, I now understand what it was he was saying because I start hearing it the rest of the car ride. Which is, I don't know if these are actual women that he can talk to or he's just enjoying what he's watching, but he's like, Yes, get out the pussy, get, get the dwet, get the pussy. So, wait a minute, he's basically this is like Sebastian from The Little Mermaid, just like Ariel, show me that puss, like this as you're driving down, as you're driving down the street. It's horrible, it just, it just goes the whole trip. Just is like, show daddy, show daddy what you And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm just trying to survive this car ride. But here's the part, did not tell anybody. It actually escalates towards the end of our ride because at one point, again, I think he's talking to me and I go, I'm sorry, what? And he goes, I'm not talking to you. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at his cyber slit right now. Please be quiet. <laughs> no, Eric. No, because when I look over to like think he's addressing me, he is then watching an old man in the shower. <laughs> so he's basically watching Lemon Party right now? Oh my god. It was gosh. a lot, Eric. It was a lot. I could not I could not will that trip to end faster. Um so that was that was great. Highly recommend triple A ten out of ten. Um wow. so, yeah, so now I don't have a car. So So now while he's watching pornography, you're in the cab of this car with him while he's watching. Him. Yes. And is is it like turned away from you? Like is the screen like this? Or you he's just like no. I do this for all my passengers. Yeah, so so Eric, he has like say you have like a mount on your car yeah. where you can like look at like GPS while you're driving. That's what's on the screen. So he's just watching titties and fucking shit. Is it just, is this bumping through is it just through the phone or is this through the cabin audio as well? No, thankfully just through the phone because he's got an earpiece in. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Because at one point his boss calls and he takes the call with his boss and he's like, No. He looks over at me and he's like, mm, I picked her up. Jesus <laughs> like, uh. Christ. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know what what was happening, but man, what a great, it's a great week. Uh, Byron, like, are you watching pornography at work? No. Why are you always accusing me of that? <laughs> this is, don't tell me how I live. Oh, man. I can't believe this is real, but Eric went on vacation. <laughs> I did, but I, I was I was very neglectful to introduce our, our other our other our guest this week. Uh, returning guest, it's been a while, like 100 episodes ago, back in the past, uh, former comedian, now director, uh, and a great gent all, all in all, Mr. Brandon Lisker. Brandon, welcome to the show. Good, sir. Hello, hello. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to interrupt uh, that amazing... A horrific story. Uh, um, I'm so sorry. 
Uh, all, but also, Eric, why why was the, the African man's name Byron? I don't know because I feel <laughs> like bit. I feel like it, he is a like he seemed like he was like an adopted Trump son deep down. Like he was like this is <laughs> this is my this is my black tow driver son to help me communicate and be more likable with the blacks. Uh, that's that's where that came from. <laughs> Byron, his name is Byron Trump, not to be confused with Baron. His Baron and Byron, so um, yeah. that's that's where that came from, pretty much. No, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, um, thank you, thank you, Brandon, for being sympathetic. Uh, yeah, to- I am. I, you know, I moved to. I actually moved to Silver Spring like like two months ago. Okay. So- so I, you were right in my neck of the woods. You could have just. You could. I. You could. I could. You just could have just texted me. Could have avoided. All of that, we would have just taken you in, given you you're a ride good, home. You're good people. So, Brandon, yeah. tell us, you've moved to Silver Spring. You're out of Baltimore. How does it feel? Uh, it's great. It's great. Um, okay. Years in Baltimore. I, I just got tired of people just, like, pissing in my, in my like, <laughs> on my, like, house, basically. People, <laughs> like, Baltimore made it legal for people to, like, piss anywhere you want now. And then so my my like my trash guys were just like pissing on my house every week. <laughs> and I would be like, hey, hey, guy, like, don't piss on my house. please." <laughs> and then I'd be like, yeah, hey, we got nowhere else to go. <laughs> hey, I'm just a blue collar guy here. When? Oh, I thought this was America. I can't piss on your house, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> well, Brandon, um, Brandon, I do want to know, though. What is Baltimore's outdoor poop policy? Do you know? Oh, well, I'm asking for I would a say friend. With full, full like certainty, no difference. Like I've seen so many people drop trowel in the middle of the street there. <laughs> Look, it's a wonderful city. It 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 uh you know it hardens people and it and it and it makes give people character, but it fucking sucks. Uh, it's, a, it's not a good not a good city if you really like zoom out zoom out. All right, it's not that it's you know, so I'm happy to be back in the burbs, back where uh, people aren't pissing on my house. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I know somebody else who just recently escaped the city as well. The uh, the great Josh Kaderna, he lived for a yeah, long time. Yeah, I actually talked with Josh about about his house search because he, he bought a house like right uh, right before before we moved, and I was like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Where are you? Like like he yeah, he gave me realtor info. He's a great oh, guy. Good. Oh yeah, good dude, good dude. But he was, I was like, why are you moving out of the city? You got like a great place there. He's like, you know, it's really fun, but you know, when I have to pick up the dog poop and the guy passed out on fentanyl every morning it just it wears on you it wears on you a little bit yep. just he's like there's only so many days i could just see somebody like the walking dead out front like if zombies took over baltimore you wouldn't know for like the first four or five days of it you're like oh no they're just they're going to the clinic that's where they're that's where they're headed right now to get their meth. accurate you would only notice because the, there would be less shit they you know because they would stop shitting because they're zombies they don't you know i would yeah. be like hey my my trash guy's not pissing on my house anymore. There must be something wrong with him. A, a zombie breakout would help Baltimore so much because the squeegee kids would get so much less aggressive. They were like, oh, they don't even come up to my car anymore. They just, they just want brains. It's great. <laughs> so, Brandon, are you working on anything you're allowed to talk about right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. So, so, Eric, you had it like partially right in the fact that I'm a director. I produce mostly now. Um uh just you know 
if eventually you kind of settle into something that you're you're pretty good at. So I've I've been producing movies mostly. Not that I'm not. I don't direct a lot anymore, of that. Uh, like, a lot of that content uh, that you produced. I think uh, what's uh, Byron was watching when she when he picked up uh, Ashley this week. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. You, did you see Made by Simpatico at the end of the, of the credits, <laughs> Ashley? So, um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to tell you this, but I did watch a movie that you you made called Strawberry Fields. But it was just um, me trying to get my coochie shaved, and I got all these ingrowns, and it's just red and angry. It's two hours of that. And I was like, "How did you get this footage of me?" <laughs> um, so I am working on a bunch of stuff. Um, no, no porn uh, yet. <laughs> thankfully but uh i would say like the next movie i have coming out is that it's actually a um it's a like kind of drama about like the pizzagate um shoot shooter um so that's gonna be out I, i'm sure that's gonna that'd be a big hit with jeremy for but for all the wrong reasons <laughs> yeah yeah he'd be like well duh uh, duh. He's just like you mean he's ma- you mean Brandon's making a superhero film? <laughs> wow! Did I didn't know he's working for Marvel now? That's great. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Um, yeah, I yeah. So that's that's coming out pretty soon. I've got a I've got another film called Dipsomania that's coming out soon. Um, working on a lot of commercial stuff because uh, wow. like people are are just throwing money at us so that's that's you know it's hard to say no to that when narrative films don't make any money really so um yeah i i've I've got honestly i've got a bunch going on but yeah you're right i can't really talk too much about some of it can (laughs) i can i ask a question real quick to brandon uh brandon what is there has someone ever come up to you with a project the money looked great but you had to turn it down and could you tell us what this project is where they're like you're like you know what I, just, I can't I can't do this um I've been turning down a lot of projects recently honestly um for 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 many reasons some a, a lot of times what it comes down to is just that like uh even if like the money is there like it, it's just circumstances around the money are just suspicious mm-hmm. and like the people who have the money just they they just never like I feel like they have um they're, they're just not interested they're probably in like, drug dealers it, yeah i got you like they yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like yeah and it's also just like they're never going to give you the money until like the last second and and it seems suspicious i, I I've, I've been walking away from a lot of projects recently which is i guess that's the sign that that i'm doing all right when when i'm starting to say no um yeah. i've been saying no to a lot of stuff so i hesitate to tell you a story about it because it's going to be very fresh and i'm not trying to piss anyone off here gotcha. on this podcast today <laughs> I got. Well, I've said no to like six movies in the last like two two months. So, wow. so I guess that's we've now we have the answer. That's why Jeremy can't get Baby Eater made. So, uh, <laughs> uh, well, wait, is that <laughs> Jeremy has been trying to get that movie made with me for a minute? <laughs> oh man, he does gonna, send me I'll... new shots that he like goes away to New Jersey for a weekend. He's like, check out this scene. I was like, great. I was like, I've never even seen the script to this fucking fever dream that he's making. <laughs> but I watched. It, I was like, I mean, this makes sense. And it's just a guy eating barbecue spare ribs, and he's like, man, I hope this isn't baby. Oh, like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
I will say that like, it's, it's similar to like, you know how, when you do stand up and like your friends and your family start to find out that you do stand up and then they start going, Hey, let me tell you about this little skit I've been thinking about. Yeah. And then they're just, they just unload the dumbest shit on you on Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Um, it's very similar when you start making movies in the oh, fact yeah. that like everyone in your life comes to you like, Oh man, I've got the greatest idea for a story. All right. Here's the thing. Or, and then they just unload the dumbest shit on you. So yes, a lot of people have pitched the dumbest ideas that I've ever heard. And Jeremy's idea wasn't dumb. It's just, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Insane. I believe it's insane. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now, that's a perfect word to describe it. Yeah. Well, I, hey, what did I say, Ashley, when I when you told me that Jeremy oh. wasn't going to be here? You, you go, oh, there'll be less, there'll be less psychotic behavior on the episode. And I and I was I just kind of went ha 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 ha. <laughs> I love Jeremy, but I've had a long week and I don't know how much psychosis I can take at 7 p.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, I mean this well, is a, this is a chill episode because he's not here. Not that I don't love the sweet bastard, but um, Jeremy, we uh, listen next week. I can promise you, folks, that we're going to have Jeremy Woodworth content hot. He's been to multiple conventions selling his Pogo the Clown T-shirts, so I'm sure. Um, um, he's going to have stories galore and people that you'll have to Google to know who they are. So get fucking ready. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to say, Brandon, we're super happy for you. We're glad that things have been going you know, so well since the last time we, we got to see you. And then we were lucky enough to run into you at uh, the Joe Bob Briggs Jamboree. Oh, yeah, that, was a, um, that was a total shit show. Yeah. yeah, over the summer. But we're glad we got to see you. But hey, look, if you do, if it ever goes south, which we hope it doesn't. Eric's got like two hundred dollars apparently <laughs> that have, he can fund you. To I'm sitting producing on for the two hundred large. So uh, not anymore. Uh, well, you've, you've parlayed that into an, an even greater investment. These these appreciate in value over years. Uh, third market. <laughs> fucking arcade machines they do they uh they're they're i'm going to give them to my grandchildren it'll be uh and it'll be they'll be like ooh, this is what is this a game for babies you use your hands uh it'll eric, be eric you have daughters what makes you think any of us are having children in the, <laughs> <laughs> the world bitch <laughs> oh. uh anyway well that that's good man that's good um so Brandon's here. We have a movie to go over. I, I did want to tell one little quick story. Just so I went to Disney for the entire week. Okay. Now, um, Disney is a, um, it's a horrible place for an adult to be. It's not, it's not great. Um, I'm not, it's so hot. I'm not made for Florida weather in general. It is a sweaty place with, uh, it's just the humidity level is just there. Why shower? Why even shower? Does it matter? Only when you go to bed, apparently, because that's the, then you can be sweaty in air. You can be not sweaty before you go to bed. But as soon as you step out that goddamn door, it's just fucking wet swamp heat constantly um and just the general like we stayed we stayed like uh on on the disney resort don't mean to fucking brag but uh they do things like it's like creepy haunted house shit where they're like welcome home and i'm like stop please don't do that to me don't don't say welcome <laughs> this is i want to be out of this place faster than you could fucking snap your fingers um but one night i went out on an excursion okay went out on an excursion to, uh, my friend tj uh has lived down there for years he's worked at gatorland but not anymore i found out because uh, um 
<laughs> yes, he he worked at a roadside zoo, and now he's upgraded <laughs> to building. Uh, he builds basically like movie props and stuff for Disney too. Like he builds like their fucking wild attraction shits. It's lots of like pouring fiberglass into molds and building shit, right? So that's cool. Um, but we go to a local comedy show at the Orlando Improv, and it is a local showcase. Okay. And uh, I try to finagle my way. I'm like, hey, I'm from Baltimore. Anyway, I can get some time. It doesn't work out. I also show up late. I'm not worried. I'm there to see my friend more than anything. And he knows the headliner who is like a local radio DJ. And that's his buddy. So I'm here to just sit back, relax. And it, it, I think this has been the first time I've paid to go to a comedy show in fucking forever. As like an actual just spectator. He's like, you know what? I'm kicking on my feet. I'm going to enjoy the local talent. Now, there's about eight comics on this thing. Um, six of them. I would say four of them were fucking stellar. They were really good. Um, another two were pretty good. Like, they, they're fine. And man, there were two fucking real big bombs. Now, this <laughs> room, this room holds probably about, uh, it's like, it's set up like any funny bone you've ever been to. It's probably like a 250 capacity. And they're probably like 175. It's pretty full for a Thursday night, right? For a local show. I'm like, this is impressive, right? The second lady that gets up, she's kind of, um, she's attractive for sure. Um, she goes up there. She talks about some people say that I have only fans and that's only completely true. No, hey, nobody laughs at it. It's just fucking silent. Hey, the first and the host already crushed, like the host up front crushed already. So she's the next comic that's up after that. And she's bombing hard. She's talking about how she, she's just like, I'm more like a car. So I hit my sex toys from advanced auto parts. Fucking nothing. And it's just, it's not only like they're bad jokes, but she's all, she's also not good at comedy and she's using like this weird fake voice. It's not, it's bad, right? It gets so bad. The people in Orlando turn on her in a heartbeat. And this one table starts basically doing this laugh that goes, ha 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 every time she does a joke. And I'm like, oh man, this is bad. But it's not only that, it catches on. So the whole club starts doing it. And this, she basically just gets fucking laughed off stage. And part of me is watch the comic in me. I'm like, come on guys, shut up. And then the other part of me, I'm like, she needs to learn. Like this is this is will happen to everyone in comedy where you get this fucking level of bomb. Like I've been there. I hate what it happened to me, but it happens to everyone. So I'm watching it happen to her, and I'm like, God. She so gets off stage. Next comic goes up, does great. Okay, the show keeps rolling on. It's back on track. Two comics later, her boyfriend comes up. And he just decides now, granted, I said, this is clearly looks like a paid show, right? So I assume everyone's getting mm -hmm. paid. It's a pretty decent club, right? So I'm like, okay, come out. It's your A material. This guy just comes out and does the shittiest crowd work riffing you've ever seen. Nobody's laughing. He's like, Hey, what do you do for a job? And he's like, that's a, that's a cool job. It, how about you? What do you do for a job? <laughs> hey, oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just he's trying to find something so he riffs with the crowd nobody's nobody's laughing somebody says haha shut up he's like hey fuck you pal so now he's like talking to the guy who's trying to start that shit up he's like fuck you you're not fucking doing that to me so now it's like it's getting heated in there and i'm like this is getting awkward he's like all right let's just uh, i guess we'll just do some jokes hey he's just he's eating a dick the entire time and then he's just like well and this is the thing that bothered me the most he's like well i guess gotta work out this new stuff i was like bitch you're at a page show 
this isn't a fucking spot. Like, do your fucking show right now. This is where you do it, right? But uh, no, so they both ate a dick, and I didn't learn together until the end of the night. I was like, oh, the, the both the people that bombed, they were dating. And I was like, oh, that's great. You guys are meant for each other. This is, this oh, is good. <laughs> I like it when horrifying. you said... Um, I like how you said, oh, it, it's happened to all of us. You know, all of us have gone. No, I have never gone on stage and been laughed off of stage. I've never been. <laughs> it's usually just the dead silence that creeps into you, into like your bone marrow and lasts for weeks. It's never been laughed yeah. away from the stage. You're right. I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I don't think That's I've been left one. off one, but I've definitely heard the deafening silence and then been threatened. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely have been threatened with physical violence to get off the stage. Oh, I mean, and you I went, don't do stand up cool. for for more than like six weeks and not get at least threatened once. And that's I can't think that of, was the last time I, I worked at the Baltimore Comedy Factory, guys. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I can't think of ever being physically threatened that i can think of by an audience member i do tend to have a lot of older women that will audibly be like oh my god and then like like way too loud not realize like elbow their husbands like did you hear her talking about her pussy and everybody gets quiet because they're like you know we can hear you having this sidebar right like the husband's usually like i love it and she's like i can't believe this young 30 year old has a wet sloppy vagina <laughs> I, I had a whole room in philadelphia want to want to like like kill me once um, <laughs> because i was talking i was talking about my own immigrant family and they misinterpreted it as like me just talking about immigrants and so they just saw like a like blonde haired blue-eyed like white guy talking about immigrants and they didn't really catch the the context of the joke and they went like berserk on me and i hate philadelphia so i went berserk back on them and then they and then then i left the stage after like some people were were like like throwing some stuff at me and like uh like um tr uh, like one guy wanted to kick kick the shit out of me and then that the host came back on who's from philly and he just eviscerated the crowd because he understood the joke mm -hmm. and he was like he's fucking talking about his own fucking family you fucking ingrates oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah said. yeah uh i that my super bomb at the baltimore county factory didn't do that the the host got back up and it was just like yeah man fuck that guy and the crowd went yeah <laughs> that's the best way to win the crowd back ah oh, that fucking ruled um but no it's uh it's great that we're all here it's great to see you it's great to bomb and you know what shout out to those folks in orlando if you're listening to the show hey listen i hope that was just the worst show you ever had and that it never happens again and you grow up to be wildly successful i don't think it'll happen they were really bad but like um like i hope like i hope they get better like i really truly i hope they get better um, but sometimes you just, you know, when you look at somebody, you're like, eh, it's probably not going to work out. Um, but yeah, so, some people never get better. I can't believe, like, I like that you, I, I do appreciate that you called me a former comedian. Cause that's, that's every, that's every bit true. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I think you established that last time I, you established that last time. I'm, and I'm respectful yeah, of that. Um, but like a lot of people that I came up with when I started comedy are, some of them are still doing it and I just don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm a big like, Sean Carolucci head, guys. Um, and that'll never stop. Because <laughs> Sean can't get no coochie. So, uh, I mean, that's his best joke. <laughs> it is. I couldn't, hey, I couldn't quote you another one. <laughs> no, I couldn't either. <laughs> well, I, I do want to say congrats, uh, Brandon, for, for getting out. Good, 
good for you. I too hope to join you someday. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, it's it, it was by far, and look, I've made a lot of, I've, I've made uh, hard movies. I've worked like late hours, you know, um, nothing I've ever done has been as hard as doing stand-up like consistently. It just, it's so time consuming and, and difficult on you, like in a ton of different ways. And for very little like dividends paid, you know, like Eric had to do stand up for 15 years to afford a Mortal Kombat 2 uh, video game. I so, say that's, like, that's every dollar of my show earnings for the last two decades. That's how I that's how I afforded <laughs> that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Trust me. Uh, I so, get it. I I spent eighteen hundred dollars this past weekend to make 40. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's great. Love it. Everything's fine. I mean, although I will say, Ashley, I am surprised that your car made it that far. Like when when I you see know it, what year I bought that car? What year? Twenty nineteen, baby. <laughs> well, I saw it in twenty twenty, and I if you had told, I wouldn't believe that it looked like it had already. It it looked like it got shipped in from Iraq. Uh no no. If you remember correctly, I didn't hit that deer until 2021. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. Um, just to give, Brandon, I don't know if you'd ever saw her smart car uh, before it died. Yeah, she's but a smart car. Yeah. It, had, it had structural zip ties holding it together. Um, after, <laughs> after, after I, I mean, clocked that deer, <laughs> Memorial Day 2021. I mean, I'm pretty sure smart cars are made of like balsa wood and like paper mache. So like a zip tie was probably the most structurally sound part of that vehicle. No, to, no, no, no. To be fair, because Eric went, saw me go through this. When I hit mm -hmm. that deer, I didn't physically feel a thing when I killed her. My airbag didn't deploy. Like I was, I drove that car home that night. Yeah. Uh, it, it's incredibly, they're incredible. They have an incredible safety rating as a car. Um, but I bought mine used. They are made by Mercedes and I bought it at CarMax and Frederick, which I will never stop talking about CarMax and Frederick. I fucking hate you. If there is like another like terrorist attack, I hope it happens there. You're the worst people I've ever met. And I hope your generations of family just die. I hate you people so fucking much. I like it. And you now we that. take it to our sponsor for the week, Car <laughs> Max of Frederick. Frederick, get your cars down here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I like that you didn't feel anything when you hit that deer. That it was so much you went out and you got a little drop of its blood to put on its slide of other deers you had killed to save as a trophy. Eric has heard this, <laughs> and I know we don't talk about this a lot. I'm not trying to bum out the audience, but Brandon, that night I was planning to aunt myself when i hit the deer and i was like as i see i'm about to hit this deer i'm like yes let me go this is fantastic like i was so jazzed to end it and then i do not die in fact i walk away perfectly fine but the deer is dead and i'm like there is no god i now have to spend money to be alive and fix this fucking car but the deer got to die i was pissed for weeks <laughs> I was like, this is shit. Uh, yeah, I feel like I, I know a few people who have like like I was right on the brink of suicide and then something miraculous happened and I realized I didn't want to go, 
But your story is more like I was right on the brink and then I fucking killed something and I had to pay a lot of money and I'm still fucking here. Brandon, <laughs> that is the third time I have tried. Five, five years? Four years before that? I I may have schmung myself <laughs> and my neck, I didn't die. And I was like, this is some goddamn bullshit. In fact, the longer story of that is as I'm about to do it, step off the ledge, my phone goes off and I'm like, oh, maybe this is that text from someone being like, I love you, don't do it. Like, I, someone told me to reach out to you. And I look at my phone and it was a subway promo letting me know about their $5 foot long. So then I like recalibrate, I go to step off again, I get another text. I'm like, this better be one of my fucking friends. Nope, it was Domino's letting me know about their two for five ninety nine deal. So then I do, and I don't die, and and I'm coming to terms with it after I got loose. And I was like, this is wild. My phone goes off again. This this has to be someone that cares about me. It was Discover Card letting me know I had gone over my limit. <laughs> So, so you, you had know, a bad like, day, you tried to kill yourself, you got your card overdrawn, and you I'm killed a deer. <laughs> you know, I want you to know that I'm going to write that down because I'm going to pitch that to Discover when they eventually come to us to try to make a Discovery card commercial. Discovery, we're always here for you. I want I want finder's fee. <laughs> no, it'd be like... It, it do the, It's like, here's the Discovery commercial. It's uh, It starts off and... Um, and uh, the fucking, the, le the leg kicks out from under the chair and the feet are dangling, but you see the phone on the floor and then it says text message from Discover. We now forgive all overdraft fees. And then you just see, you see the feet slowly tow over to the couch and stand up. <laughs> just, just, this is, we've, we're changing our ways. This is how we do it. <laughs> a, a dashboard so easy to read Then even as you're being choked out of consciousness, you can be... <laughs> see what your easy payment is you're like i can read it from here <laughs> yeah it's listeners if anybody has any good ideas dm your girl let me know what i haven't tried yet <laughs> <laughs> oh man please don't do that i, yeah. I, I yeah. want actually to stick around yeah. we're, we're going to replace me on this show and maybe just maybe you get to play eric's mortal wait better Wait, hey, one lucky listener after tonight's episode, we're going to pick out randomly. You actually have to go and do the wellness check on Ashley after the show. So uh, shout outs to that. That's our big gift for today. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll do it right after we finish. Um, so I keep selling her yarn and telling her it's rope, though. It's a real it's a real it's my it's my running gag never works i'm like no this is the strong kind wink and then she's fine the next day it's great. wait so you're making me also think i'm better than i really am what the fuck this is, this is terrible i do i do like it you know we did butt boy a couple weeks ago brandon have you ever seen butt boy that is the, i have not but i'm familiar yeah oh man it starts off with him it's a movie that's way too well done for its subject matter like it's actually a beautifully shot movie and then it's about a guy who could shove 
hold people up his ass. Um, and it's just, he starts off by just trying to kill himself and it fails because he uses a garden hose. It's great. It's a good, good hot okay, opening to the film. Now I feel triggered. <laughs> so. I, I can't, I can't, I don't know if I can see the movie because I have a, like a history with being, with, uh, with being called butt boy as a just like that's just something that people that like uh well it's not something people call me it's something that uh a mentally handicapped guy called me in high school and then it <laughs> caught on <laughs> he was so like i would went go over to my school? friend's house and like there was like you know how like every neighborhood when you were growing up there was like one handicapped kid and like everyone had to hang out with him and be cool with him and stuff well this yeah. was that guy's yeah name. he this hosts this podcast stop <laughs> relax exactly and, and so this kid used to come over to my friend brad's house and he used to stand outside of the house like and scream for me hey butt boy butt boy he used to, and i used to like duck and and hide away from him and because he, he kind of scared me and then uh but he used to do this thing uh, i think this is this is pertinent because we're this is like a lot of horror movies on this podcast so he was obsessed with like freddy krueger okay guy's right. name his name is kenny um and he was obsessed with freddy krueger and but he did he couldn't get freddy krueger's name right so he always called him freddy's uncle <laughs> so he just like so you know you better watch out butt boy Freddy's uncle's gonna get you. <laughs> I just like the and idea he would, like, that <laughs> you had this. He would stab into my like ribs with like his fingers, <laughs> like knives. But like you know, he's you very strong. Up, you mean his fucked up fingers, right? His claws. Yeah, like, he'd claw you daily. Yes, he would, cl- <laughs> he would jam his fingers into me. And he's very strong. I mean, also, I'm pretty sure he was a grown man. You, like, no one could tell how old Kenny was. He was probably like 35. Oh, so ching, dude. Ching. <laughs> and then um, one day I stayed the night at my friend Brad's house and uh, I slept in his brother's bed. And his brother was like a big bully. Like, he was like mm-hmm. 1980s, like movie bully. Mm-hmm. And, oh, but like, so he, I was expecting him to like kick the shit out of me if he found me in his bed but what he did was way worse he found me in his bed and was like i'm gonna fuck with brandon he went outside and he got kenny and he brought kenny into the house and he like slickly got kenny to crawl into bed with me in his own bed right he got got kenny to crawl into bed with me so i'm sleeping and he all i all i hear in the back of my like like on the nape of my neck all i hear is Hey, butt boy. <laughs> and he just shings me into my ribs. That's how you wake up. So I can't see butt boy. I won't be watching the movie butt boy. That's fair. I'm so sorry we, we triggered you. I feel terrible. And so For his some... name was crazy because I honestly was like, I didn't know you went to school with Restivo. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I also just like the idea that this... this... <laughs> This mongoloid bully just walking down the street. Like, I imagine he has a Letterman jacket. He's like, hey, butt boy, what's going on? <laughs> it's just like, he, has, he has other, like, special needs chicks that follow him around the school. Like, he's a posse. <laughs> it's just, like, Brandon, like, we, just, we should just go the other way real quick. <laughs> yeah. Brandon, is that why you became successful? You're like, I have to show this special needs <laughs> bully oh, yeah. no, that I'm, I made I'm, it. I'm, Purely driven by spite. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent it. Hey, I needed to elevate above butt boy. Hey, hey, butt boy, do you have my two Oreos from your lunchables? <laughs> if you do not, I will shing. 
<laughs> do I have to show you the consequences? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, this is this has been the best story of the of all times. Uh, I love this so much. Um, but let's get in a little bit into the movie you picked for us this week, uh, the 2007 uh, classic by the great James Wan, uh, Dead Silence. Uh, why why Dead Silence this week? I, I mean, I know you're definitely a huge James Wan fan, but but why a Dead Silence out of all of his films? Uh, so, I think that, wait, wait, is this Ashley's? Well, okay. so, no, I, I felt bad. I worried I was getting you put on the spot. Um, Brandon and I had talked for quite a while after we met on Midsummer. We were like, we've got to get back together and do a James Wan film because at the time, um, Malignant was coming out. Oh. And I had hoped to get you on the pod and like schedules for everybody was just, just such a mess. And I figured, well, we had done some of his other films and some of his films are so good that Eric might agree with me that like sometimes when a film is too good, it's almost like, well, I don't want to rip it apart or it's hard to find content worth like dissecting and you know messing with so i i tried to pick one of his less popular films and i know i mentioned it to you and you're like yes like let's talk about james wan let's do this film because i knew if i had you back we had to do one of his pieces yeah okay no, I, I i wish i could have been here for malignant i fucking love that movie i think it's absolutely batshit insane <laughs> yeah. i could talk about that for like for like days but um yeah i i think dead i think dead silence is like extremely underrated and um like i'm very happy to talk about it and get some more people to possibly watch it because i, I think that like if you like james wan there's going to be plenty in this movie that you're going to like and there's going to be a lot more that you're going to be like all right i see what he was trying to do there but like that didn't fucking work uh, it's definitely his worst movie i would say that right now i think it's james wan's worst film well i would i here's I, the things I like about this is it, I'd say it's his least James Wan-y movie of all of them. Because like James Wan now, he's kind of like horror movies in general are not really high budget spending movies. They're actually, you know, their genesis came from uh, uh, from a place of making a making a, a movie on like with as little money as possible. But James Wan, uh, as of today, he's kind of become like the Michael Bay of like horror movie directors in my opinion so much so that now he makes like movies like Aquaman and shit like that so like he he knows how to make like a big budget movie um but I like this because most of it is like honestly it's mostly practical effects and it's kind of beautiful and it has a real uh film noir feel to it like a like a movie that you would see like in the 1950s or 60s like a house on haunted hill it has that very much those kind of vibes and I just love the fucking vaudevillian uh aesthetic of this movie in general yeah if you like James Wan movies this is everything that James Wan does in 90 minutes, but it's like just not fully like fleshed out yet. Mm -hmm. It's like you can see all of the great ideas that he eventually like had the time, money and like resources around him to like pull off the way that he wanted to mm -hmm. uh, in other movies. But they're all yes. here, too. They're all like like it's almost like um, like I a lot of times. Um, like I hate doing music videos because they're they're ter like I hate dealing with musicians. They're awful to deal with. And but like the any time that I do a, a music a music video, like the re the what I'm doing it I'm doing it because I want to like learn how to do a shot. I want to mm -hmm. like be like all right like I don't want to do this music video. 
there's no fucking money in this, but like, I'm going to get like three shots that I've never done before. And I, and, and I've got a little bit of money to learn how to do it. And I almost mm-hmm. feel like this is the movie where he was just like, I, I want to know how to do these things, but I need to fuck up a little bit first to like figure it out. And I, I think that he is as good of a director as he is now because of the failures, the two movies that failed in 2007. Okay. Now what, now, what would you call the other failure, though? Well, I'm sorry. What's oh, the other- he, he did a he did a, a uh, so he did this film with Kevin Bacon the same year called uh, Death uh, Death Sentence. It's like a um, like a revenge film that came out the same year as 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 Dead Silence. Okay. Also a bomb. Both mm. of those movies bombed. Both of those movies had like a ton of like studio interference, and mm. that's the reason why he didn't make a movie for like five years until until Insidious came out. Wow. Uh, okay. And the, and the reason why he had to do like he had to self finance Insidious and like get deals on the back end with people because okay. people weren't giving him <clears throat> people weren't giving him Saul money anymore. People mm. people were like, all right, you did Saul and that was great and that's that ship is making mo- money, but like the next last two you did sucked. So you're gonna do okay. this for eight hundred thousand, which you know? is weird so, because like, they still keep giving uh, M Night Shyamalan money, and he hasn't made a good movie. <laughs> Actually, in they a don't. While. Uh, M Night M Night also self finances, and that's why he doesn't oh. have any. That's why his movies are still like like so um, uh, pretentious because no one's reeling Ugh, him in. God, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm here to sh- sh- to peel back the curtain on Hollywood, baby. <laughs> Love it. Because the I, I what was it? Old, old was really bad. Old was, was yeah, it incredibly was. fucking bad. And so it's, uh, but I wish it was just. I wish it was worse, so that it was so bad it's good. But it's just good enough that it's not so bad it's good. Um, <laughs> except for the fact that what's the rapper's name? Who's a character in it? Isn't it like fucking five star oh, oh, SUV it- or something like that? It's yeah, it's, it's like Ford. yeah, it's like yes. it's like a Ford Scion is this character's name. They f- f- refer to him in constant. Yeah, yeah, it's so dumb. God damn. <laughs> That well, but have oh, you seen I not, fucking I don't hated this, that movie. Well, I don't want to get us too far off course, but I did see the preview that just came out for his upcoming film. Um, and it lo- I don't know, I'm I might be willing to give him one last chance and just see. I was kind of taken in by the trailer. I mean, Batista looks awesome in it. I I'm I'm, I'm considering. Um, but no, so so I would agree um, exactly what Brandon said about I can see some pieces of what he would go on to do later. And I, I agree that like, yes, it's not a perfect movie, but there are elements to it horror wise that I do not hate that I think it gets shit on more than it deserves. I think if people actually watched it versus just like reading the synopsis or whatever, I think people would be like, oh, this is much better. I think I think the best thing that this movie did was that it it he you know he got to self finance afterwards and that he didn't have to hire Donnie Wahlberg anymore and that's I think <laughs> I think that's an underlying Donnie, <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg is in a completely different movie in the in in and I want to watch that movie because I love Donnie Wahlberg in this film I think he actually might be like one of the couple best things in this but he is not in he's not in Dead Silence he is in and he is in Donnie Wahlberg, uh, like the Don. He's in like some sort of Donnie Wahlberg, like comedy cop film. Yes. Well, so Eric, Jeremy, and I 
wow, how long has this been, Eric? Like maybe in the well, in the last year, I think I convinced the boys <laughs> to watch Dreamcatcher, which is one oh, of my guilty fuck. pleasures, and him playing the mentally challenged alien. <laughs> so That's good. all you had to say. You just have to say the fucking sentence. Donnie Wahlberg plays the mentally challenged alien. <laughs> with, with leukemia. <laughs> with leukemia. Yes, yes. With a childhood sickness. <laughs> it's okay. It's Mr. Mr. Gay. Mr. Gay. Uh, uh, uh. Um, I do. I do like Dreamcatcher just for Donnie Wahlberg in that movie. Uh, but no, this has a fun cast. It has a couple of, I'd say this is, this kind of puts this character in a little bit of a, 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 a horror royalty right you got uh, uh ryan uh Quantin, right who obviously from true blood he's also been uh, most recently in the movie glorious which i really liked glorious it was fucking pretty sweet movie about a, a glory hole with a fucking uh uh ancient uh hr no not hr geiger why can't i think of it uh, uh lovecraftian beast uh that lives in the glory hole has some great gags in it and overall is fucking awesome uh and i think this was the first thing i ever remembered him in um i i can't remember him in anything before true blood and i was like oh this is definitely before true blood i'm pretty sure so um he he's uh anchored it obviously we have the donnie Wahlberg as uh detective lipton in this movie the hard-nosed cop that's trying to get to the bottom of this that will not leave this fucking dummy alone and carries it around places it's just it's, it's so ridiculous can can i ask what do you love more his relationship with the dummy or the fact that he can't stop shaving while he's talking to people <laughs> <laughs> He does. Yeah, I think I think there was something like like James Wan saw this like the original Predator movie where Dukes is like is constantly shaving himself. He's like, you know, I'm gonna put that in my movie and we're gonna make Donnie Wahlberg the character that does this all the because I just find that unsettling. Uh so the electric razor was so prominent in this film that when Donnie Wahlberg's character died, like mm-hmm. The, the, he was out of focus in his final death shot, and the thing in focus was his electric razor. You <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, you also get another great uh, character actor in this in uh, Bob Gunston. I think he's probably most famously known for as the warden in the Shawshank Redemption. And don't you call him obtuse. He's an isosceles fucking warden. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Eric, can I tell you something embarrassing? Is that is not what I always grew up knowing him from. What did you always know him from? <laughs> Ace Ventura too. <laughs> yes, yes. Where he yeah. is? Is he the guy that he pins down and like touches his eyeball in front of? Isn't that? Who? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> I I'm a woman of fine taste. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i never i god i'm so glad you brought that back into my <laughs> into my brain right there um there is a uh, another uh, greatest movie ever ever like considered or ace ventura 2 i mean i feel <laughs> like I, of I, course you would remember him from that who isn't going to forget a full-grown man crawling out of a fake rhino asshole? Like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh, uh, 
it, there's also a, a, a small role for the uh, he plays like one of the young kids in this movie. It's uh, Keir Gilchrist, who uh, would go on to be in uh, one of the characters, uh, Paul, and it follows, too. So uh, another little little gem hidden in here. But it, I, I just want to go back to the Ace Ventura, too. Do, do you, <laughs> have you guys ever heard the story about Tommy Lee Jones and fucking uh, uh, Jim Carrey and how Tommy Lee Jones fucking hates Jim Carrey? No. <laughs> yes. So good. So, uh, this is a story that Jim Carrey told. He's like, uh, when I was doing Batman Forever with him, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is playing Two Face, and he's playing like the ridiculous Riddler. Um, and it, <laughs> he tells the story. He's like, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones wouldn't talk to me on set. Uh, I guess because he was just he didn't respect. He was that I talked out of my ass in a movie before. <laughs> <laughs> And just literally, he's just like, you're walking around here thinking this is all a big clown show, don't you? <laughs> like that. I like that. As his face is being plastered with like pink, yes. like, like. Yes, you look you like. You think a- this is a fucking joke? Yeah. He was just like, these are the special effects team that did the Power Rangers movie. You think I'm looking like this for fun, pal? <laughs> also coming from the man that fights imaginary, like CGI aliens with Will Smith. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, you're making this acting thing look like you look like a real jackass right now, pal. <laughs> well, there, there's one thing, too. Um, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, Eric, because it might be on your list. Mm-hmm. Um, I did notice, if I'm not mistaken, that the costume designer is, is it Denise Cronenberg? Isn't that David's sister? Um, let's, you know what? Just to, I want to say, I thought that was his daughter, but. I, I was see. thinking, I, I believe it's Denise. And if it's the I mean, same last name, I'm pretty sure she's done a lot of her brother's films as far as costume This design. was shot in Toronto yeah. and Cronenberg's okay. Canadian. So I feel yep. like there's a pretty strong chance. Was it? Okay. Denise Cronenberg. Let's see here. Yeah, she did Dead Silence. Uh, okay, the fly, yeah. um, a lot of those, and let's okay. see here. And is sister of film director David Cronenberg, and mother of filmmaker Aaron Woodley. There you go. Oh. So there you have it. Okay. I thought I saw her name, and I was like, "There's very few other I can think of who that would be." So I was like, "That's awesome." Oh, and her son made this movie um, called Arctic Dogs in 2019. All right, nice. Okay, so uh, I'm glad we went through the whole Cronenberg family there. I'm feeling we're learning um, a actually, lot here. I, act, I actually produced Arctic Dogs. It's when I stick my footsies in my freezer and Tommy jacks off to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know where that was headed. But I love where it did. <laughs> so uh, the basic uh, uh, synopsis of the plot here is the movie starts out with uh, uh, one of the main character's wives getting killed. That's uh, Jamie Ashen. He's uh, he leaves to go get a pack of smokes. He gets a he gets a doll delivered named Billy to his home. Billy is a real creepy doll that you don't sit up on. A, a, this is the one thing. It's the same problem I have with poltergeist. It's you don't sit a creepy doll up on the chair to scare you immediately when you walk in the room that's not where you place that you put that in a box with nails in it and you never let it out until you want to show another friend like here here's my creepy doll why do you put it in here so it doesn't murder me at night these are the things that that, that don't make sense but that's fine whatever you know that's 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 the movies for you right um but uh he leaves and then uh his sweet wife ends up getting her fucking throat and tongue ripped out uh, in a pretty cool opening little scary sequence.
sequence, um, leaving our, our sweet Jamie as the prime suspect, but who is very quickly exonerated. Um, but this one cop, the sweet Donnie Wahlberg, Detective Lipton, can't let it go. And now... So here's a couple of things you have to accept as a plot. One, that there's a killer dummy that uh, has murdered somebody. Okay. And then it also makes this, but this is a bigger stretch that a cop would go above and beyond to solve a murder. And that's the hardest part to believe about this is that he was just like, I got to go to a different state and fuck. No, that's jurist my diction, pal. I don't see Donnie Wahlberg as a go above and beyond kind of fella. No. Well, so I need to let you boys know that I watched this right before watching the new fake docu-series like based on the Dahmer story. And I got to tell you, yeah, I do not believe that Donnie Wahlberg is a better cop than these real cops that were like, we're going to return this 14-year-old victim back to the man that's trying to kill him. Yeah. Well, that's the classic story. If, if hey, he, they're just being good cops. Remember, these were homosexual men. And they were like, all right, we know how the gays act around here. Always walking around half nude with lobotomies. So uh, time to return him back to his friend. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Quiet people of color. You need not look over here. We're returning this, this man's property to him it is a rough watch i did see that episode brandon it's been the same thing i tried to leave eric's basement so many times (laughs) and they just keep taking me back (laughs) you won't get in the box ashley um so the (laughs) so he goes back to his uh hometown uh where he meets his sweet father who's not looking great he's in a wheelchair he's wearing a mask there's a lady who's his hot wife uh ella ashton played by amber valette i hope she's not using him as a human dummy in this movie let me tell you uh (laughs) <laughs> but he does look very creepy and looks very much just like a human Billy. Uh, oh, good. My son is here. Hello. Um, and uh, um, Eric, did you not have rich parents? Because that's exactly how they talk to their children. Hello, child that came from my loins. Would you like some cash? Don't hug me. If I had... <laughs> Ashley, if I had rich parents, I'd be adding this Mortal Kombat 2 arcade machine to my Mortal Kombat 1 arcade machine, okay? Let's not get it twisted. Um, I had rich parents, and I'm still on this bug. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're still rich, but... <laughs> you you didn't lose just couldn't afford the proper help. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so uh, he goes poking around for clues around the town uh, and learns about the, the the mystery of the the evil townswoman who died many years ago, Mary Shaw, uh, uh, who through the gift of flashback we get to see was a, a great vaudevillian um, fucking uh, ventriloquist who uh, uh, ended up uh, killing a bunch of people and ripping their throats out. Um, and then the townsfolk ends up ripping her throat out um, as a part of revenge and uh, this this creepy little saying beware the stare of Mary Shaw she had no children only dolls and if you see her in your dreams be sure to never 
ever scream. <laughs> and you will hear that six or seven more times throughout the film. Um, <laughs> that is... <laughs> yeah, about 15 minutes of this movie's runtime is just that poem. <laughs> the, the, I feel like they were trying to make like a one, two, Freddy's coming for you. It just doesn't have the same kind of catch, you know, as that. But uh, no. Mary Shaw, just as a regular unghostly human being, does look terrifying. She looks like the, uh, the evil... What's the evil Disney fucking lady she looks like um cruella God. no not cruella no. deville um i think it's from lady Are, and the tramp yes you're thinking of the lady in bed with her big cat yeah 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 like yeah, yeah. she's got those bony she's got those bony fingers She'd um like no I dogs will, will be fucking on these premises we're a cat family of siamese that only fucking inbreed yuck <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> See, Eric goes to Disney. And... I was thinking Cruella because of because for some reason they gave this woman one hundred and one dolls, like oh. like like fucking like one hundred and one dalmatians. Like it was such a, like why did they do <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> I also like that the fact that like now we have like people nowadays that have their real babies and like if she were alive today she would definitely be the lady who had 101 real babies that she walks around with like this and like takes care of they're like they're so much better than regular ones they make no sound <laughs> oh. <laughs> plus I like my babies this way shaken not stirred so um you know it's but you could shake a plastic baby it's fine it's silicone Okay. All right, Eric. Um, I can see, and you guys can tell me if you agree or not. I can see, though, like the way the makeup is done on her and like the coloring behind her, all that stuff with Mary Shaw, very much reminds me of what we would go on to see in Insidious as far as this one sort of central oppressive character that like this yeah. this feeling that she's closing in on you that there's so much evil just pinpointed to one spot very much reminded me of his other films and then when we see a particular dummy that looks like a clown is it just me or did it kind of remind you of jigsaw a little bit oh, yeah it, it had some jigsaw vibes for sure for sure that this if there's one thing you could you can you can bank on james wan it's it's he's gonna insert a creepy doll somewhere somehow <laughs> by any means he will put a doll in this fucking movie i mean this movie's got every honestly it's like it's everything that's in other james wan movies after this like the doll yeah. i think mm. i think billy the doll looks exactly like annabelle um, also, yeah. that, that opening scene that 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 uh, Eric you were talking about that was really creepy reminds me of the opening scene of Annabelle, where the where the doll just kind of shows up. And also, mm-hmm. this movie shot by John Leonetti, who directed Annabelle, and mm-hmm. shot all of the other a ton of other James Wan movies. Oh. Um, so it's got creepy dolls. It's got old like witches. It's got plenty. It's it's got um like. It's got convoluted police work. Yeah, That's yes. like a James Wan staple, right? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it does remind me a little bit. I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, Sir the Great Sir Anthony Hopkins' nineteen seventy eight movie Magic. It reminds me a lot of that. It's very a creepy dummy is always going to fucking get you. Um, and I, yeah. I, it's funny. Of all like the things we talk about that it draws from, like because James Wan, he's a great collector of other things that have happened, and then he puts them all together in this cool thing. Like Saw was like the real thing that I felt like was different. Like he really kind of 
have changed as far as because everybody made saw like movies for like years after that it birthed hostile and other of the uh the torture porn movies if you will um but he's also just such a great uh, uh a student of the greats you know so he he went out and he was like you know what? i'm gonna make a fucking noir film vaudevillian and I, we're gonna have fog in every scene we will fucking <laughs> they i was i watched like some of the extras on this and it was like they every scene they were like we gotta wait till it stops winding the fog machines can't produce enough fog for this one and uh he's like ever yeah. since then i just cgi'd fog in he was like i tried to make practical fog and he was like that was dumb um <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that man loves fog as well for sure um yeah i i do i see a lot of like i mean this this is a, a universal film and I, I see like it starts with the classic like like uh, retro universal uh, like like title card. And I think mm-hmm. that 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 uh, is definitely your first sign that this is going to be a throwback to like, you know, th- things of the classic like universal monsters like Phantom of the Opera. I got I felt a lot of Phantom of the Opera in this. I felt a lot of like um, cat people. I felt a lot of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is just so much that I agree. He does pull from people like he he's. um a lot of his camera work is taken from you know italian films that are way worse than his and had way less money and way mm-hmm. less people saw them but i know that they're not his original ideas but uh <laughs> but he makes them look good <laughs> he does well he executes very very well so and I, yeah. I i'll never fault him for that so um and i'm always looking forward to another james wan film uh but as this as it goes along um we left off, uh, you know, he figures out more and more about the uh, the local legend of this. He, he meets up with the coroner and his fucking uh, blumbering wife, who's like, which is another thing he likes to do is have somebody who's either mentally challenged or has dementia that has the secret to the movie in them. Um, it's just, it's a fun, you know, it's a fun trope to have. Um, and this bitch comes over like, here, look, you got to bury the doll. And you're like... Then I like I like that every every time like the only the main character is like this bitch just she knows what's up she's like he I know. buried that doll within moments yeah like ten minutes <laughs> later was, he's like this crazy bitch probably knows what she's talking about we gotta do it yeah <laughs> like it was it was seconds I I don't think I've made any decision as fast as that man took the advice of a mentally challenged like eighty year old. <laughs> And he was just like, that sounds fucking sound. I'm going to go bury this doll. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he ends up uh, burying it and it looks at him. It's kind of creepy. Uh, there's fog everywhere. He drives off, sees the doll in the rear view, but then it's gone. And he gets back to his apartment. You're like, whew, glad that's over. Nope. The detective is now in there with the doll. He's like, so you like to bury dolls out in the middle of the thing? Found this with the rest of your little friends. I'm like, what, what cop is not pulling him over when this is happening? Like, why, why, why are you in my no. room right now? Do you have a Warrant no, to be Donnie, in this hotel si- motel six right now. <laughs> and what's what's the best part is that Donnie had his own room. He, he got he rented a room next door. He could have just knocked like a normal person, but no, he wanted the he he wanted the element of surprise. He wanted he, he wanted to let he wanted Ryan Quanton to know that I could I could pick this lock and sit in your <laughs> Like I wanted to, no. be, I wanted to be sitting in there. He was just like, okay, when he gets in here, I'm bad cop. You got to be good cop. He's just like, nah, I'm the good cop. You're the dummy. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Shut up, Billy. Let's get this interrogation through over with. Um, <laughs> so, uh, he then, uh, there's, 
they go and uncover more and more of this. The coroner ends up getting his fucking throat ripped out eventually. Uh, the throat rips are pretty fucking cool, and it looks gnarly. Um, and also, it's this was one of the reasons I stopped chewing tobacco, because I was like, this is going to be my future. It's not Mary Shaw. It'll be Kodiak fucking Wintergreen that'll do that to me. Uh, have me looking like the zombie at the opening of Day of the Dead. So... Uh, as You're right. I want you to have I want you to have nice teeth while you've got popcorn lungs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, no, I mean I, I I'll leave a much prettier. Listen, when the cancer kicks in, there's gonna be like three four month like window where my body looks fucking great, like not emaciated yet. Like I'll still look healthy, but like rock like a fucking shaved head and shit. Not because of the cancer. Um, and it'll be great. And then I'll be dead. Um, so no, my the way I'll know that Eric isn't doing well is the little mustache just starts just yeah, i'm <laughs> losing it yeah it gets it gets more racist every day like, the, <laughs> like they're like Eric, this is all i have left stop <laughs> it's okay and yeah, I shave i'm, I'm gonna be honest with you we've been on this call for a little over an hour and 15 minutes and i did not notice your mustache until hey, yeah. just now it's flesh colored like my eyebrows so it's extra creepy <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Eric's just pale. <laughs> nah, it's just it's just I have a very I have light facial Scandinavian features. It's nice. Um, so uh, <laughs> as uh, as they go through, more and more of it gets uncovered. They eventually track it back uh, uh, to the I guess the old theater because uh, they figure out Mary Shaw is jumping into these dolls and living in them because she said, "Make me a doll," and. Um, so the fucking when they finally get to the end of this movie which is fucking wild i love like the the whole rack of dolls that is in this room and i'm like this is a place where no mortal man should be this is even like who who built like i get it mary how good is a ventriloquist in the 1940s they were like yeah i want a full glass cabinet room where for each of my individual dolls um, Eric, are we forgetting the number of people that are like, I'm a Funko Pop collector? <laughs> You're right. You're, no, that is true. <laughs> Wait, are you are you alluding to the fact that Funko Pops are just the ventriloquist dolls of today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a there. I would love it if we did our own version of Dead Silence, but like, yeah, all the little Funko Pops are just like Horcruxes, and so it's <laughs> just put pieces of their soul into every doll that they went to Hot Topic and paid fifty nine ninety nine for. When uh, when Migs Rodriguez dies, he's gonna put his soul into his three hundred <laughs> Funko Pops. <laughs> and then when you think you killed them all, you're like, I think there's some in his steelbook collection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot about Billy in the Steel Book. Um, <laughs> that is pretty good. I ever think I like the idea of like a. I don't know why. I think this would be funny. Like, imagine like if you were like such a good ventriloquist. Like, it, like you're Jeff Dunham. Okay, the only other the great ventriloquist <laughs> of our day. Uh, who <laughs> do you think uh, Jeff Dunham ever fucks and just like throws his voice into the old man like oh you're doing a good job over there boy oh, like that and you're like you need to stop doing that She's like, he's like literally I can't come unless the doll sees um, well that's funny you say that because one I made a note that says dead silence the Jeff Dunham special 
No one's laughing. <laughs> and number two, do you know he's divorced, Eric? His wife of like 20 years was like, I will fucking kill myself if I have to keep living with you another day. <laughs> I remember one of the first things when I told my mother that I was doing comedy and I was like, like stand up. You mean, you mean like Jeff Foxworthy and Jeff Dunham? Those are the two names. The first two that she's like, that is if That's what my son's doing. He's going to be, he's going to be a great, just like Jeff Foxworthy and Jeff Dunham. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the, that's the Mount Rushmore as far Jeff's. as I'm concerned. <laughs> the Mount, the Mount Rushmore of Jeff's, uh, Dahmer, Dunham, um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, no, I I also got something similar, not as good as yours, but I love when people were like, you're a stand-up. You mean like Amy Schumer? And I go, yeah, like Amy Schumer. And then they go, she fucking sucks. And I'm like, I get, yep, that's me, <laughs> me too. Why would they choose an example that they hate? Oh, it it's one of my favorite things, because if it's not Amy Schumer, they go, hey, you're really funny and physical on stage like Melissa McCarthy and I go yeah because we're both physically fun fat people and they're like no that's not what I meant and I'm like why don't you pick a thin person to compare me to and then it gets real awkward oh, <laughs> I, I, I listen you're like a funny road no funny um uh, 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 anyway you're like a funny Chris Elliott there you go he's skinny Thanks. <laughs> I'm not sure how to feel about that. That was the most middle answer. You're like, she gonna be so mad. I'm just, Chris Elliott. There you go. There you <laughs> go. There hey, you not go. every riff is gonna be a winner, guys. Um, so uh, <laughs> as it as it moves on, um, they get to this final scene. There's also a creepy clown doll because what could you do without a creepy clown doll? He goes up and says the rhyme to it, and then it all of a sudden stops. And then you see Mary Shaw's creepy ass go start hopping from doll to doll. And finally, Donnie Wahlberg does something helpful. He's like, "It's time to shotgun these motherfuckers and start shooting." <laughs> Shotgunning dolls left and right, which I thought Fucking was very, very hilarious. And then uh, I think I, I still don't understand exactly how Donnie Wahlberg gets into this predicament of getting tangled up in a rope by behind a. <laughs> it was very sudden. <laughs> it went from like <laughs> ten seconds ago he was just two feet on the ground shotgunning these dolls into into like non-existence and the next thing you know he's being like flung off a scaffolding yeah i um, like that the idea like i just wish like if i could go back and just add one scene it's just like the random grip that still haunts the grounds and still takes care of all this because everything is in immaculate shape he's like oh no don't go up there that's the he, he's not grip trained and then all of a sudden then you see him fall like that <laughs> ah, and his fucking spine's getting <laughs> ripped in half he's like we we have a serious job (laughs) (laughs) we put that scaffolding together um so uh he gets like dropped through there which i watched was a total practical effect that like took like two days and didn't make sense at all but i love that it's in the movie of him getting dropped like with half of his body in a curtain like this uh sure okay it was fun you know um and then uh, he eventually they burn down the he burns down the whole place 
gets away. Uh, the detective is dead. Uh, he, he forgets, oh yeah, I forgot fucking Billy's back at the house. I better go take care of Billy. And then the big reveal happens where uh, it's not, it's, Billy had nothing to do with it at all. And that his dad is actually super dead and his fucking wife is actually the, the embodied of bar- uh, the embodiment of ghost, I guess, of Mary Shaw, who's just been using him like a fucking dummy and using his spinal cord like this, like, like a little knob. Um, it just, yeah, I'm really, he's that good at ventriloquism. Um, that I, it's a fun ending. And then she ends up murdering him. And, uh, that brings us to a, a wonderful, beautiful end of dead silence. Um, but I did like, I thought it was really awesome. I've never seen that particular kill where the, somebody's back is completely like a uh, winged Eagle opened up like that. So it just looks like a big stick in the back of him. I thought that was pretty fucking rad. Well, cool little gore ending. I guess you've never, I guess you've never looked in the mirror, but I've just assumed this was an allegory for literally every marriage where the wife is just like, tell, tell the camera you're happy, honey. Tell. <laughs> yes. I'm accurate. feeling good. I am good. Yeah. Um, yeah, please. I would love to have another cup of shepherd's pie. Um, this is, we're a big shepherd's pie house. We, I love it. I um, love that every, um, every character in the movie died. Yeah. yeah. Unlike a lot of other of his films, like if you, like if you watch, like, like no one dies in the conjuring, no one dies in right. conjuring too. Um, and, but, uh, yeah, no, every character dies in this film. Yeah, yeah that's like, kind of rule. Yeah, yeah. That's so. Uh, uh, I I really enjoyed that. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the the twist did get me, and I've seen this yes. movie several times, and I forgot about the twist, and it still got me. Um, mm-hmm. I think I, I uh, but I I'm I'm kind of um I kind of love the fact that he still keeps he still is keeping the twist thing up because in mm-hmm. like with malignant like that that it. it to me, it felt like a total batshit insane twist, just like what he did mm-hmm. in Malignant too, where it was just like, like he thought like him. Well, this was also written by Lee Winnell, who who co-wrote um, Saw with him. Okay. He's also gone, and Lee Winnell's gone on to like direct another fa- a, a bunch of other fantastic films like Upgrade and mm-hmm. Invisible oh. Man, and uh, yeah, Lee Winnell's uh, amazing. I I love that they're still like at it with these <laughs> twists, like these batshit insane twists even to today i did i really loved upgrade that was a fucking that's a great movie for me yeah i no, love I, how I, fucking i, I love that have me back on for that if you haven't done it already oh uh, we haven't done it and I, we'd love to have you back again um fucking brandon where can people how can people support you in general is there people that they can follow you how do we donate money how do we give you our money <laughs> I, first off, I don't want anyone's money. I'm good on that. Uh, give your money to Ashley. She really needs a car, and she definitely <laughs> deserves to get back on the road, killing deer any day. She needs to yeah. get back on there. She's got things to kill. Um, would you be interested? So, how, much yeah, money money would we need, how much money would we need to raise to do uh, the uh, the Deer Hunter 2, Ashley Boogaloo? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, audience. You want to give me like two grand for a new down payment? <laughs> that would be great. So, um, no, Brandon, we um, thank you for having on the show, man. Um, anything that uh, our fans can support, we'd love to throw yeah. that your way. So here's 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 the real answer. Um, so I uh, 
I helped make a, a film called Strawberry Mansion, which is out in uh, theaters in, in the UK currently. It did its theatrical run here in the US um, already, but it's out on, on uh, Blu-ray, it's out on streaming, and it's out on, oddly enough, VHS. If you go to Lunch, uh, I think it's Lunch Meat, did a, um, did a limited run of, of VHS, and we've still got a few of those. So Strawberry Mansion, definitely check that out. That was, uh, that's probably the best thing that I've got my name on. Um, my, my, uh, film production company is Simpatico. Uh, you know, we do films and, and, uh, commercials and everything here, here all, all over like the U S. Um, so as much as I said, I've turned down a bunch of movies this year, like I do always read scripts. So, um, uh, yeah, definitely hit me up if, if, uh, someone listening here is, is interested in making a movie because I love making movies. We'll send you. Um, we'll send you I, Baby Eater two after Baby Eater one is off the ground. Uh, please don't. Um, please, don't <laughs> please don't do that. The only person exempt from this offer is actually there's two people. Jeremy Woodworth is exempt, and uh, Kenny. I don't want to hear from you. Don't be. Don't be. I want no shings. I want no. I want no. I want no Freddy's uncles returns. So Jeremy Woodworth and Kenny, please don't hit me up with your script. It's like um, he's like, but but Brandon, it's like Forrest Gump. Except it's nothing like Forrest Gump. He's like, all you all you do in the script is just poke people with your fucking claw hands for for ninety minutes. He's like, yeah, it's what the people want to see. Have you never seen a movie? Shing, and then he just shings me, and then. Next thing you know, I'm making the movie. Uh, I already have a name for it. It's called Downs with the Sickness. Um, I'm excited for it. <laughs> uh, anyway, Ashley. Uh, so good. Check all that out. Support Simpatico. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, and and uh, Strawberry Mansions, right? Is that the... Strawberry Mansion? Oh, I also yeah. I have another film out right now on the film festival circuit uh, called Tapehead, which honestly you guys would really love. It's a it's a short film about a VHS collector. And uh, he, his collection uh, takes him into a place that he should not go. And his, his, his search for rare VHS tapes takes him somewhere that he should not go. And that's called Tapehead. And I produced that with a really great director called Jason Zink. I feel triggered. Um, yeah, you guys, yeah. Um. <laughs> we're making a Tapehead 2 and Tapehead 3. I don't know if I... That's one thing I could say. We are we are going to do that. Tapehead two, Tapehead three. Is Tapehead so. does Tapehead two? Is it is it is it every time it's a format upgrade? So now it's DVD for Tapehead two. Uh, and then- <laughs> that would be great. But we go we go elsewhere with it. Um, okay. Yeah, J- Jason Zink directed a great film called Straight Edge Kegger. If you guys haven't checked that out, that's on Shutter. Okay. I work with him a lot. So um, yeah, that's awesome, awesome. Um, Ashley. Where can people find you at and support you to get you that goddamn new Hellcat you need? <laughs> I'm not getting a Hellcat. Um, you can find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs, or you can follow my horror page at Slash and Gash DMV on Instagram. You can catch me show-wise. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm doing a fundraiser October 7th in Dover, PA. I'll be doing that show, and then I'll be at Mustang Alley's in Baltimore on the 8th. And what are some of the fun merch items you can get off AshleyPontiusLast.com? Um, it's my spring store, but I also combine it with my horror stuff. I currently have hoodies, pint glasses, all kinds of horror-related uh, stuff there. All right, so check that out. Get yourself a Final Girl t-shirt. It's awesome. It's the best way to hang out in fall. Um, oh, shit, there's no Jeremy to take us out. So I guess that's me. Um, bye! Don't be a dummy! Bye! <laughs>